so the next four or five years of my life was flipping, flip, flip, hold, flip, flip, hold. So I acquired some properties. And then through fortune builders, I met other flippers in South Jersey that I started financing because quite frankly, I was getting a little tired of dealing with contractors. No offense to anyone out there who's a contractor, but I've had my share of um, <laughs> not so great experiences. And no, as you know, the longer you hold property, the less money you make. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Passive Cash Flow Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Fragnito, and we have an exciting guest here, my original passive investor, a woman I met years ago, a good friend of mine, Andrea Tobias, how are we doing today, Andrea? We're doing great, Aaron. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So good to see you here. And uh, we have a really cool story, Andrea and I here. Uh, we actually met at a real estate networking event, one of those events where you go and you kind of scratch your head sometimes and you say, boy, everyone in here seems less experienced than me, but is this a good use of my time? And it turned out to be a good use of your time and good use of my time. And I was actually speaking. It was one of the first times I ever spoke uh, in public. And my topic was fake it till you make it. <laughs> and you did a great job. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. You know, I've never, speaking has never been my uh, shortfall. I, <laughs> I can speak till the cows come home, but I actually met my wife that night too. Did you know that? No, I did not. I met Diana Brown that night and I took her out on a date and then she said she wanted to be friends and we didn't talk for three years. And then three years later, she came back around and we ended up getting married. Very nice. I did that's not know that's how it went. <laughs> yep. So that's a good reason to go to real estate networking events, right? You never, especially if you're single, especially if you're single, go to real estate networking events. It's a great place to meet people. But uh, so I digress. So Andrea, we met at this event. Uh, fake it till you make it was the topic and what what brought you to that real estate networking event so my background is i took a course fortune builders where they taught how to flip houses and jonathan who ran the networking group i believe you were speaking because he could not make it that night and he asked you to speak for him that's right yep Yes. And uh, so he, through Fortune Builders, ran the local network, real estate networking group. And I started going on a weekly basis and met you there. And actually, a couple of other people that have been very good partners in the past four or five years. Or I guess we met like five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you actually met additional partners you ended up doing more transactions with at that networking event as well. Well, not necessarily that particular meeting, but that Rio group. Yeah, yeah. No, that was yeah. a great Rio group. You know, I was a sponsor there for a number of years. We met additional investors that really helped me get off the ground. And I'm ever grateful to John as well. You know, it's so funny. Someone can't make a speaking event. You get to step in. What an opportunity as a, as a young uh, realtor and investor myself there. Uh, but yeah, those things are a wealth of opportunity. Uh, we just had our first event back in the office uh, more of a seminar type of event um, uh, a few days ago, and it was great. It was a packed house and um, very exciting. It is harder with the uh, you know corona and everything going on, but it was definitely a good 
a good event. It's fun to see people kind of getting back out there and, and participating again. Um, but so let's go back here. So we, we met at the event almost, uh, boy, 10, 10 years ago, maybe not. No, not that long. No, when, <laughs> when was that? 2012, I'd say? Nah, was it? I don't, I would say 13, 14, maybe. 20, 30, okay. uh, I don't know. I, it's when I just became involved in real estate. So. Okay. All right. So then, and that was good. So you had uh, taken a course there, uh, Fortune Builders. Now talk more about that. You, you felt that was a great experience for you, right? It was a great experience. I, uh, it taught how to not only flip houses, you know, how to wholesale, which I never really did, but I did flip and they had a formula, flip, flip, hold, flip, flip, hold. So I have numerous properties now throughout the United States. Uh, I have several in Florida, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. And uh, I'm branching out into, well, that's another story, but I progressed so through fortune builders watching them. I also learned that it was also good to invest my money to other people. So you were my first, uh, actually one of my first people that I invested in. Mm -hmm. And it became a little niche that I had in addition to the flipping. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and, yeah, that was nice. Yeah. And I think you, you know, also learn when investing passively as well. You just see how another group of people are doing it and uh, things like that. But yeah, that was a great opportunity for me as well as a young investor getting started. And I was able to go out there and show you that I was working hard and, and learning the, the ropes there. Uh, I don't think I, I made it a secret that I was getting started, you know, and learning. I think you saw my the hustle and the ambition behind me, you know, not so much the experience, but certainly the ambition. But I wonder what drove you to invest in a young guy, you know, who's kind of getting started in, in real estate. Uh, if you can recall back then, what was it that you liked about? Well, partly I didn't realize that you were as new as you think you are. I think you're way more experienced than I had, or at least in the business. I was doing a lot and of I, deals as a realtor. Yeah. yeah. And I remember sitting with you and you said, just not necessarily to me investing in you, but in general, because I had not really started yet. I was so focused on learning and going to webinars and going to RIA groups that I wasn't taking any action. And you just said, go do it, just do it. So within a few months, I financed you, I found property to flip. And in addition, which I don't think you know this, but there was another couple that I met in that RIA group, maybe not at that meeting. I don't know if you recall this, but HGTV came to one of the meetings and Jonathan had a little panel and we had to vote on who we would like to be the next contestant on a new show called My First Flip. Right. Were you at that meeting? I don't think I was at that one, but I remember. So one couple did get picked and they did do a flip and I financed their flip. So we were on HGTV. It was wow. called My First Flip, The Termite House. <laughs> the Termite House. I'll have to check that out. Maybe it's on YouTube or something. <laughs> that could be. Yeah, that's cool. Now, did uh, how did that flip go for their first flip? So that flip went very well. I was in, I, I held the mortgage, I financed it, but it went very well. It went, it went well for me. It went well for the people who flipped good. it. Good, good, good. That's exciting. That That's really cool. And so you were actually on a TV. Did they talk to you about your position there? So I did, as you know, I have adverse feelings toward being on video of any kind. And so whenever I saw the camera, I dashed into another room. Oh. <laughs> so I did not want to be on camera. And, um, you know, at the end 
of every flip, how they have an open house. So they want, they want to control the people who are actually going through the property. So I was there as a, an, an interested home buyer. Oh, very good. Uh, very good. So, so whenever the camera came my way, I backed <laughs> into a room. Well, that's where me and you differ. I'd be right there in front and say, Hey, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. That that's fun. Yeah. You know, I always, uh, I, I don't really like watching those shows cause I do real estate all day long. So like a lot of times when I sit down and relax at the end of the day, the last thing I want to watch is a bunch of rookies flipping real estate, <laughs> but I definitely enjoy some of the shows there. Uh, sometimes they forget a lot of the costs involved in flipping houses when they give you the summary of what they made. And that always frustrates me. <laughs> that is, that is true. But I digress. No, so that that's exciting. And you know, I recall when um, I borrowed capital from you to get started, you also put yourself in a debt position, which I think is smart when you're getting started investing, but also borrowing capital, you know, debt positions a little more clear on exactly what you're going to earn. Um, it doesn't really matter if the flip makes money or not, the uh, operator still owes you the investment. And so you know, sometimes you can argue, well, an equity position might get you a better return, but not necessarily, especially if the person's learning. And I believe I gave you a really nice interest rate as well. So when you did. <laughs> in, uh, newer operators you can negotiate a higher interest rate because it's fair you know i uh, now borrow capital for about half of that interest rate because i have a lot more experience i'm a safer investment so but that's uh, the idea of uh, progression there but that's a great way for investors to make a uh, premium and for people like me as well to get started but then um so that's great but you went on to actually start to bridge the gap between being a limited partner a passive investor and actually being a gp yourself a general partner an operator yourself so talk more about how you were able to kind of bridge that gap into being a, an operator well actually the operator portion came first so around the same time after i was after we had our transaction i focused on flipping and i flipped for the next five years mm -hmm. uh that was and at the same time though i also invested in one of your other properties not as a debt not in debt position but as a true um limited partner yes so um, so the next four or five years of my life was flipping, flip, flip, hold, flip, flip, hold. So I acquired some properties. And then through fortune builders, I met other flippers in South Jersey that I started financing because quite frankly, I was getting a little tired of dealing with contractors. No offense to anyone out there who's a contractor, but I've had my share of um, <laughs> not so great experiences. And no, as you know, the longer you hold property, mm -hmm. the less money you make. Mm -hmm. You know, so so the key is buying the property at the right price. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then rest restoring it as soon as possible and selling it as soon as possible. So when your contractors walk out or they're behind or they get into accidents or they whatever, mm -hmm. it delays it delays the completion of the job and then the sale of the job. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, one of the hardest parts of our job as operators is managing contractors and contractors will also tell you, you know, they're, they're a tough bunch to deal with. Um, it's really, 
I, I don't understand how some of the guys I've worked with are so good for so many years and then one day you, they just never show up again. I, yeah. I just blows my mind. I've given contractors a quarter million dollars over years and then one day they just completely drop the ball and leave you high and dry. I rarely have a good long-term relationship with contractors. I think now we do. Uh, and we hold on to them so tightly. When people say, you know, do you have a good contractor uh, for this? We say, no, we don't. Because first of all, if we refer them to you and they don't do a good job, it's our fault. Secondly, if we refer them to you and you keep them busy, we lose them. So Correct. the last thing I'll do is give you my contractor and they're, they're priceless. I wouldn't sell for a million dollars who we work with. Uh, it, it's incredibly valuable and to work with the right people uh, because if you don't, you just, you, you fail. There, there's no doubt about it. You know, and that's what I found with the contractors. It's really hit or miss. It, it is. Right. Well, the key also is to establish relationships with numerous contractors, numerous money people, numerous wholesalers. I mean that, you know, this whole business is key on relationships. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a small community. So for the most part, everybody knows the the players. Sure. Yeah, and, and also, you know, when you do wrong someone, it, it, word travels, um, but it seems there's no shortage of demand for contractors. So they always tend to find work. Uh, but you also want to take care of the good contractors. You know, I've had people that are, are very good to us and we're very good to them and we pay their bills very quickly. Uh, there's no such thing as net 30 when it comes to a contractor bill. You know, you, you, you need to get that payment in less than 30 days. Uh, it's not like a Home Depot a credit card or something. So you definitely, um, you know, we, we are good to them. But I also have come to find that you pay for what you get. You know, I've hired cheap contractors and I've hired expensive ones. Um, and you know, both, both can let you down at times, but you're more likely to have them come back and finish the job. Right. Uh, if you're hiring them for the right price, you know, right. But I, I, I didn't mean just contractors. I just meant people in general in the industry. Oh yeah. 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 Brokers, bankers, uh, mm -hmm. attorneys, you know, we've closed on properties with the wrong attorneys and realized, uh, you know, that's a, that's a risk if you don't. No, you know, work with a commercial attorney on a commercial closing. You know, even if a residential attorney says, yeah, I can close that apartment building for you. If they don't do apartment buildings a lot, don't use them. We, we've learned that. Same with title companies. I've worked with title companies that are like one man shops and they're like, kind of like whatever title company, like, yeah, just send me the money next week. I'll, I'll write down that you pay you know, and you're like, oh, you're going to transfer a tight. You know, so definitely interesting people I've met in the business, you know, not, yeah, not just contractors. You could be running your own title company. You could be an attorney. It, it, morality does not follow, uh, you know, your title in business. That's for sure. Boy, oh boy. All right. So you were able to work with fortune builders. They helped you kind of get to the next level. You met more professional players. It sounds like in that fortune builders community. Is that right? At the networking group, I met people who were not necessarily fortune builder people. So my actually all my relationships, you, several other people were not fortune builders, but the group was run by Jonathan, who was very involved with fortune builders. So mm -hmm. 
Okay, good, good. And then we uh, we went on to buy an apartment building together. That was exciting. We bought a 25 unit in South Jersey. You were an equity holder on that. So that was good. You know, that's a good um, case study there. <clears throat> you built your relationship with me. I, I proved myself to you. I paid you back on time, plus the interest. I showed integrity. And then you went in on as, as an equity partner, making, I think, a larger investment then on the apartment building. And uh, with that, we had a lot of challenges. You know, I hired the wrong management company. One actually ended up stealing money from us. We had to take them to court and we won and we got a full payout. And so that, but a hell of an experience and definitely uh, forced us to start our own management company, which has been a, a great asset for us and our investors. So you really were with us along that way what we were learning. But the crazy thing is we went to plan B. We ended up selling the property two and a half years later, and we were still able to hit our target on the profit. You know, that's how real estate is kind of forgiving. You know, mm -hmm. you can kind of screw up a little bit and make your mistakes as we did on our first one with you there. And uh, we still hit our target. So it goes to show if you're, you know, still trying the best you can. And uh, if you hire the wrong management company, you can still recover generally on larger properties and larger assets. And that's good. And uh, so now you continue to uh, work as a, as a GP and an LP with the property? So, so now when COVID hit, I stopped flipping totally. So now I hold and I transitioned uh, into multifamily because mm -hmm. the properties I hold now are single and two family. Mm -hmm. okay. So now I'm doing multifamily in the southeastern part of the United States, Texas and Tennessee. Great, great. Okay. And how's that going for you? It's going well. Excellent. We have we have one property uh, in 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 Texas, and we are closing on another property in February. It's uh, 124 units. We're still looking for investors. If anybody out there is interested. Oh, that's very interesting. So get in touch with you, and then you can get in touch with me, and then I'll reach out to them. Since I don't know how. Well, is there a website they could go to or maybe an email address you want to uh, put out? Uh, how could they get in touch with you? I mean, they can send it to my email, Andrea at abodesacrossamerica.com. Okay, great. We'll put that in the show notes so that people can reach out to you there. Oh, can I, I can put it in the chat, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I I'll your, put it in the chat. Email address there. But it was very good to connect here. And it sounds like you were able to uh, grow by going to these RIAs and connect with people. Um, so I guess we can conclude that these uh, RIAs are worth the 30 bucks to get in. Would you say so? Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. Plus you get dinner. I think you're paying for dinner at that 30 bucks, right? That's it. Oh, That's once it. I got a nice headshot too. Actually, actually, I got this headshot. That looks good. At the, at the uh, Jonathan had a professional. Right. Right. That's great. That's I come in and he did. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully the RIAs get started again. I know the COVID was hard on them. Uh, you know, there's different restrictions. People don't show up as much. I've noticed as well. The turnouts used to be a lot greater, but um, hopefully that kind of sparks up again this year as, as the uh, disease wears down and uh, we can get back to life here. But um, no, that's exciting. I love going to the RIAs. I love hosting them. They are a lot of work. Um, I used to put on one every single month. And after a while, you're basically just an event prepper you know you're putting everything together you fill in the room is a lot of work uh it actually costs uh the person to put on the event the hotel would charge me like 29 dollars a head and i would charge 30 for the ticket so you actually don't make any money from the event you have to get sponsors to come in and that's the only way you really make a profit the the money you're paying goes like right to the hotel because the hotel charges you an arm and a leg for the food um, so it definitely, um, in my experience, you know, it's a lot of work to put on the events. So definitely go out to them, attend your local RIAs. 
And Andrew's got a great story here, me as well. I met my wife there, so how, how could it get, get at me, right? <laughs> and, and the sponsors are very helpful too. I mean, the accountant that I have was a sponsor at one of John, at Jonathan's group. Mm -hmm. And um, attorneys, I met some good attorneys through the Bria. Yeah, I was a sponsor mm -hmm. of the event as well, and I think it was worth the money. I, I definitely met investors that way, and it definitely helped me get in front of the crowd, no doubt about it. But it helped me practice my public speaking too, the whole thing, you know, just keep your mm -hmm. name out there. So definitely worth the sponsorship money. And um, who knows, we, we might go back to that model again, where we have like a big event in a hotel and have the sponsors and everything. It was a lot of fun, but it was also a lot of work. And uh, we just have to figure out how to get the right people in the room that are looking to invest passively in real estate. Uh, on our scale that we do it. So um, yeah, that's no, very exciting. Well, we'll definitely put Andrea's information in the show notes so people can reach out to you for your new acquisitions you're doing. And of course, if you'd like to learn more at People's Capital Group, you can go to peoplescapitalgroup.com and check out our podcasts and our blog, our blogs there. We put up a new post every week, new podcasts every week as well. And you can subscribe on YouTube also. But um, I think this was a great show here. It's really nice to chat with you again, Andrea. And thank Good you. seeing you. Absolutely. It's been a while to see you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right, excellent. We'll have to get lunch again someday soon and catch up. That would be great. For sure. All right, have a good day. Thank you. Thanks, you too. Regards to Seth. Oh, yes.